Our cell is the leading distributor of radiotherapy patient positioning equipment and physics QA products for the UK and Ireland, supplying both the NHS and the private sector. Why not register and join us at the Macromedics User Meeting on the 8th of November at the Novotel Hotel in London Paddington? This will be an incredibly insightful day to listen to talks on the Macromedics mobilisation range from our various ranges of thermoplastics all the way to our all-in-one solutions and SBRT products. Please do get in touch for more information. And finally, as always, do not hesitate to discuss your product and service requirements with our friendly and knowledgeable account specialists as and when required. We are all from a radiotherapy background and we are more than happy to chat about the clinical benefits and the workflow of all of our products. If you would like to browse our products, please go to our website at www.osl.uk.com or if you would like to speak to us, please call 01743 462 694. Hello everyone and welcome to RadChat, the first therapeutic radiographer-led oncology podcast. So welcome to our bonus edition, which features some fantastic guests, um, all from the Project Radiation Reveal, which follows on from episode 47. My name's Joe McNamara and I'm joined by fellow host Naaman Jelka Anderson. Hi everyone. So we've got a wonderful Dr. Lisa Whitaker back with us today to talk about the results from the Radiation Reveal project and also to introduce our lovely guests who features as part of the project. So Lisa, welcome back. Thanks for having me back again. <laughs> Obviously, we didn't put you off the first time you came on, so that's good. No, not at all. It's lovely to be back and especially with other people this time as well. Oh, it's always good when you've got a peer support group, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> So Lisa, do you mind just starting by telling the audience a little bit about Radiation Reveal and what the project went on to go and do? Maybe maybe some highlights even from after you'd actually appeared on, on Rad Chat last time. Yeah, certainly. So Radiation Reveal it was a public engagement project and it brought together 10 amazing young adults who have had radiotherapy with ten, with sorry, with five uh, radiation researchers funded by CRUK Radnet. Um, and back in March, we ran a series of three workshops where um, the, the young adults and the researchers got to hear from each other and share stories and... Um, you know talk talk about research and future research and, and what's needed um and it was really an amazing project that kind of surpassed all of our expectations really and that was down to the people that were involved um and you know the initial plan was that we would run these three workshops and the project would would come to an end and i guess the the sort of formal part of the project did it finished at the end of march but because everyone was so brilliant and because they had such important things to say um so much has happened since then um which is great and and continues to happen and this bonus episode is another example of that um and so you know various members of of the the group various uh, young adults have you know continued to speak to the different researchers that were involved in the project 
in more depth about the the research that they're doing and that they want to do. Um, we uh, a small group of us went to oncology professional care together, um, and I presented the project. But then, uh, you know, I think it's fair to say that the highlight of the day was definitely when when the the young people got up and and answered some questions and gave their views at the end. Um, and I know that they've also met up separately, you know, completely away from the project because they formed relationships and friendships. And I think um, certainly support and the need for peer support was one of the key things that came out came out of radiation reveal um so you know it, it's just it's just fantastic that that it kind of continues to 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 do good work and that it just shows what can happen when you bring people together and and you listen really um to the young adults and to the researchers as well um and just you know the kind of good that can come of, of bringing those two two groups together um so yeah it was a brilliant project to be involved in um and it's great that it's it's still going on there was some great artwork that came out of it as well, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we were really lucky that um, a, a brilliant artist and PhD student called Virginia Fernandez joined each of the three workshops and captured our discussions in, gosh, just ways that, you know, I can barely draw a stick man. And, you know, what she produced was just just amazing. And I think it was great for, for us all to see at the end of the workshop kind of what she'd sketched out. And then she went away and, you know, added colour and added more detail. And, you know, it's it's great, a really visual way to represent the project and, and all of the many things that we discussed. Yeah, we love them. Um, we've shared them around quite a lot. It was great. Um, so I suppose next, Lisa, um, do you want to introduce our special guest that we have here as well? Yes, certainly. Um, it's brilliant. I love talking about Radiation Reveal and I could talk about it all day, but it's really not me that you should be listening to. And I'm absolutely delighted that um, three of the young adults that took part in the project are here today, um, Holly, Kate and Mia. Um, and it's going to be great to hear a little bit more from them about their experiences and about things that they, they hope might change or, or, or good things that are already going on. So yeah, I'm absolutely delighted that they're here today. Oh, thank you for introducing them. So Mia, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience, please? So I'm Mia and when I was 12, I was diagnosed with papillary thyroid cancer and it took over four years to basically get me diagnosed because we kept going to the doctors and the doctors were like, oh, it's like hormonal, there's nothing wrong with you. And then during, so after I got diagnosed, I went, through surgery and then two lots of radioactive iodine treatment which it wasn't it wasn't the best experience because I got told like there wouldn't be any side effects and I had quite like a lot of side effects from it and like, I felt quite sick and nauseous and stuff and it made me feel really isolated because it was quite lonely due to like not anyone I couldn't be around anyone and for like when I was because I was 13 it, quite, it was just really lonely because everyone else was at school doing fun things and I was just in the hospital like not being able to talk to anyone. Do you think there's anything Mia that anyone could have done to help support you better when you were going through that treatment? I think like I would have felt helpful if there was people around who maybe had experienced radioactive iodine treatment who I could have spoken to and like interacted with to help me like understand it a bit better what was the kind of the environment like 
was quite intimidating, quite scary. So they have like big leather doors, and for like the like two, so they have like two sets. So there's like one set, and then like my parents could like be in one bit of it, and then there was like another set that I was in. And for like two hours, the both like the leather doors had to be shut, and I literally pulled my eyes out because I didn't know, and I was like like kind of banging on the door like mum like what's going on and because I got so distressed my parents actually opened it a little bit even though they weren't meant to but they didn't want to see me so upset. Do you think before perhaps having the sort of treatment if you'd been shown the room what to expect like either have a walk around or on video or like in a book or something would have helped? I think it would have used me a little bit more because I could have Learned, not not learned, but like I could have expected a bit more than what I kind of put myself in a way. Mia, how did it feel being a young adult? Because I know when we've had guests on before who've had treatments when they were younger, that actually the healthcare professionals focused quite a lot on the parents and maybe excluded the patient themselves how how did you feel is that something you experienced you know did people speak to you about your treatment and your health or was it very much still directed at your parents I think so before I kind of got diagnosed they took so me I ended up going for an ultrasound and the same day they kind of diagnosed me and they put me up to the assessment unit but they basically took my mum aside and told my mum and I was like, what's going on? And I, I kind of was like, the fear on my face, I was shocked and my mum didn't want to leave me, but she didn't really know what to do. So, but she, she didn't really have a choice. And then they called my dad and then my dad had to come all the way from like his work to come to the hospital and then they told him and then I got told. And I was a bit like, why couldn't I get told when they kind of got told? Because I was a bit like... I don't think it was really my parents' fault. It was mainly the doctors who kind of instigated it. But I was a bit like... I kind of would have liked to know. Because I was sat there, like, worrying. Like, and, like, the doctors weren't, like, were doing their own thing. And I was kind of just sat on the ward, like, by myself, like... Really scared. How did you come across the Radiation Reveal Project? So... I'm not 100%. My, so one of my oncology doctors like sent out a letter to me and I received the letter and I was like, this sounds like amazing, I'm going to do it. What made you want to take part? I think I was going to... I think because, like, I haven't... Because I was kind of diagnosed really young and then it kind of... I didn't really get the support during the time because... They never really, like... Because you're in a room by yourself, you can't interact with other kids, like cancer patients and stuff. So I think once, like, I saw it and I could feel like interact with others, I would like, I feel like this would be a really good experience and I can talk about how maybe, not like, how I felt during that time because I feel like I haven't really been able to talk about it before. Mia, that's quite interesting that because how long was it after your treatment that you then got involved in Radiation Reveal? Well, it'll be five years, maybe, I think. So to me, as someone looking in, that's that's a long time for you to have felt quite lonely and still have wanted to kind of talk about your experiences 
kind of highlights that you had you had those things in your head thinking actually that experience for me wasn't pleasant it wasn't wasn't something that I'd processed and now actually this is an opportunity to talk about it yeah I think it was quite important because I mean like because I had counseling before about like talking about it but the counselor can only say a couple of things. They're not gonna um, completely understand you, and I think meeting like the group, like they, in a way, they understand me more than someone else would. How did you feel hearing kind of other young people's stories during the project? I felt like it was really interesting. Like it was cool to hear. Like I could be like, oh, I had that experience, or like oh, I had different experiences, and think that's really interesting because you only really hear about one experience, or like. If you're like family have cats, you can hear them, but like it's different in a way. So, shall we shall we introduce our next guest, Kate? Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience? Hiya. Um, so my name's Kate, and when I was twenty five, I was diagnosed with a chordoma, which is a tumour in bones of my skull um, and so the radiation therapy that I had was proton beam therapy at the Christie in Manchester um, and I would say I feel like I've had a very positive experience uh, with radiation therapy overall but I do know from speaking to lots of other patients with cancer that that's not always uh, the same experience or the same feelings uh, but I feel like there was definitely a lot of uh, good things that I learned during the experience. I suppose similar question that we asked Mia, did you know much about the treatment? Were you told or given that like a lot of detail into what was going to happen before? I'd never heard of proton beam therapy um, before so the first appointment or sort of in the beginning when there was a lot of uh, discussions about the type of treatment I would have, the tumour I had um, is very rare and the first hospital I had didn't necessarily have the correct understanding of my diagnosis. Originally, I was told it would be inoperable and that proton beam therapy would be the, the first thing that would happen before I was referred on to a hospital who has seen them before and um, who told me it'd be surgery and then radiation. So I'd never heard about the treatment before. I was very fortunate, I feel, in that I had a chance to discuss it with multiple doctors who explained it in quite a lot of detail. Um, and that helped massively um, in reassuring me going forward uh, because I do feel when you are beginning radiation therapy, it can be very intimidating. Um, it's a scary experience. You often can be given a list of side effects that you have to sign your consent for and you don't really want to do that, but you don't have a choice <laughs> is the truth. So to be able to go through that with, medical professionals I found really important. I think something else that was really positive for me at the Christie was I had the chance to discuss with my oncologist um, prior to my first appointment for the the pre-radiation planning um, where we discussed some of those side effects. One, for example, was potentially profound hearing loss in one of my ears. I found that very overwhelming at the time. I, I obviously I didn't want it. I was very scared about what that would mean for me. Um, and when I came back and was given my radiation plan, 
uh, my oncologist had taken that on board and they'd gone away and looked at how they could contour the dosage uh, to reduce the dose to my cochleas so that they were able to change it so that it might be more mild and moderate hearing loss in both ears rather than a fake on one side and then a risk in the other. So that was something I found very positive that I had the benefit of from going through my radiation plan prior to treatment. Um, and then there's obviously the long-term side effects. So I had several conversations with my oncologist about what that would mean going forward, especially related to, for example, hormone function. Um, so all of that I found really important. And um, I think I would have had a very exper different experience without. Who sort of supported you through maybe navigating all that information? Because it sounds like it was quite overwhelming when you first read it. Yeah, so I was very lucky. Um, again, my oncologist, my specialist nurse was really good um, and she was contactable all times because, well, not all times, she worked more hours, but, you know, I'd <laughs> look at the leaflets, go away, and I'd constantly have questions coming up. So having someone I could contact within the hospitals was really beneficial for me. Um, and, you know, it could also tell me where to go. Another thing was my, the radiographers, so the therapeutic radiographers at the Christie play a massive part in it. Um, they're the people that you deal with day to day. Uh, they're the ones monitoring your side effects on the daily. Uh, they will stop your treatment and speak to an oncologist if I was concerned about some things. And I did have about a couple of times throughout my treatment. And also the therapeutic radiographers at the Christie took plenty of time to explain the beam machine, the cyclotron, all of that. They're very happy to. Um, and I know that they did that with lots of patients and it massively improves your experience. Um, it's very, yeah, they're, they're, they made it what it was. Kate, can I ask, you, meant, you mentioned a little bit about having leaflets and going away and reading them and then being able to come back and ask those questions. Are leaflets the right way to go? Did you find that the leaf, leaflets were a good way to provide you with that information? Or do you think actually, you know, I don't know, um, I think maybe some audio videos, YouTube clips? Is there anything else that you think could have uh, helped or would have been something better? That wasn't my condition, but they didn't have anything for my condition. So they gave me what they felt was closest. And I rang up panicking about something. And when I was put through to the consultant who was managing me at the time, said, none of that's applicable to you, don't worry. So in that instance, not helpful. However, I think that generally uh, having a, a range of options is really important because some people won't read a leaflet. Some people will. Other people like to listen to things. Other people like to watch things. So I think it's, it's really important to have all of the options available uh, because obviously the reality is we don't all like the same things and consume things in the same way but having stuff you can take home I definitely think is really important because often you're sat in an appointment and you're given a lot of information that you've never heard before that you don't understand and you know I think the tendency is to fixate on one or two things so I had an hour appointment and all I remembered was that I was going to go deaf in one ear I was told a lot more in that time but you know 
to to be able to process it afterwards that's good I mean uh, a friend's mom who was a GP told me before I was like whether I was going through the process of diagnosis and planning my treatment to record conversations on my phone so I do recommend to people that can be helpful although there might be some you don't want to listen to over again but it's always good to have the option did you have a like a mask or a shell made yes I did I had a mask for my head so I liked the process that being made actually it was really nice it's like a spa thing it's very warm um I was lucky in that I didn't uh, find it too claustrophobic I think I kind of had the opposite which is like weighted blanket I quite liked it it found it kind of soothing um but and you know I had a mold for my back as well because you have to be incredibly still but uh again great care was taken blankets when it's cold all of that does make a difference um as well as just constantly checking in and checking that someone's comfortable because sometimes I know that on the spot you're not always you don't always feel comfortable speaking up especially if someone's made a lot of amendments and gone behind a screen and then you don't it feels awkward to be like actually I'm really uncomfortable I'm not sure I can stay still for 30 minutes uh so with them asking never have to worry um but yeah no I do have the mask and I took it home in the end it's in my cellar <laughs> That sounds like very good personalised care from the therapeutic radiographers, which is nice to hear. Um, I suppose for people listening, proton therapy is quite different to external beam radiotherapy. Did they kind of explain the differences to you or how long it would be on the bed? Because sometimes I know just from experience of shadowing proton therapy, you can be on the bed for quite a lot longer than a normal appointment. They did. They took the time to go through, obviously, the precision involved and the fact that I had an x rays done every session and um, before the, the beam was on and a CT once a week because obviously millimeters can affect the precision uh, so I'd say they explained it so well that the first week I was absolutely terrified to like breathe couldn't swallow I was like oh my gosh um, and I think they need to come back and be like no it's okay we have still there's error planning that's included you can breathe <laughs> so I was really but they did explain it um and again it made a difference and it, it can be really interesting the technology is fascinating and seeing the cyclotron in the building and everything is incredible and listening to as well Mia I'd never heard of the iodine radiation treatment that Mia had um you know the different treatments out there are really interesting so sometimes you can try and look at it that way it's an interesting experience Kate what did you get out of radiation reveal what did it mean to you to be involved in something like that it was really nice to meet others um I obviously don't know anyone in my day well not obviously but unsurprisingly I don't know anyone in my day-to-day life in my age bracket who's had radiation therapy um so it was really nice to meet others with the with who've had the same um also really beneficial to listen to what happened to them and the treatment they had because I didn't know about a lot of it um and it was good to understand uh so I really enjoyed that the presentations and engagement with the researchers themselves were really fascinating um I felt really lucky it felt like something definitely glad to take a part of it was good to see 
I think there was one piece that was focusing on sort of reducing the harmful conditions for younger people later in life, because that feels like something that maybe it doesn't feel like it takes precedent. I'm sure it does, but for people who are young and hoping to live with this for a long time, the really long-term side effects of radiation therapy can be really scary. Um, and sometimes I think it feels like you kind of sign your consent form and then you're just left to it. Um, and the reality is it isn't, it doesn't have to be that way, but I think it's really good when oncologists and consultants communicate with you, this could happen. And if this happens, you can go here or here. Um, but hearing the research they were doing, some of the animal models, fascinating as well there. Um, it was really, really interesting um, and reassuring. And proton beam therapy has been very promising in the treatment of my particular cancer. So I am really hopeful about some of the other progress that can be made with research and radiation therapy. I think it's interesting you touched on, and, and Mia did as well, the point of sharing, obviously, your stories of your treatment plan or your treatment pathway so obviously you and Mia you've had quite specific types of treatment which not many people in the public eye actually know of there's usually surgery chemo sometimes people know a little bit about radiotherapy but so I suppose from radiation reveal do you feel that after sharing it between yourselves you know that might have an impact for future um, sort of researchers to help them to disseminate that information around different techniques different treatments Absolutely. I really hope so, because I think that um, a lot of the time it's not that people don't want to know, they just don't. I mean, I feel like all my friends and stuff, they're all well versed in proton beam therapy now. Um, and it's great treatment and all the stuff you learn about radiation therapy is really positive. And the reality is as well that we will all probably encounter people in our lives that go through radiation therapy of some sort um, and it can be really comforting to have a better general understanding amongst everyone and that's including the research side of it as well because it is exciting and when people know about it um, and when it's uh, what's the word obviously in a paper it can be a bit overwhelming and you don't want to read through everything but when it comes through like conversations and presentations and workshops it's easier to consume and it's just yeah it's really great so I definitely feel like it was a really positive experience that's good and thank you for calling us therapeutic radiographers I can see <laughs> Joe was really happy with that so Holly coming on to you would you mind sharing a bit about your journey hi yeah um, I'm Holly and I was diagnosed with um, locally advanced stage three rectal cancer um, just over a year ago at the age of 23 and um, I had radiotherapy as part of my treatment for my cancer as well. Um, I had what I think is called intensity modulated radiation therapy on um, a tomotherapy machine. Um, I don't think there are very many of these machines yet in the UK um, which is it's really um, amazing and I'm really lucky that I could have that treatment. Um, and the reason I had that is because, unfortunately, pelvic radiotherapy can have, well, does have uh, serious long-term side effects for people, um, especially young people. Um, particularly, it can cause infertility and um, can put you into the menopause because ovaries are highly sensitive to radiation. Um, so, you know, this was something, obviously, as a young person who hasn't had children, I was really concerned 
about this that I, I know I was told that this, these things would happen because of my treatment um but I was really lucky to be offered a surgery called an ovarian transposition where they basically move your ovaries higher up in the body and out of the direct field of radiation to try and stop the menopause happening um so once it got into the planning for my radiotherapy treatment I think they they put me on a standard linear accelerator at first and um, my oncologist told me that they then set up a fake knee and they gave it a treatment to see how much dosage my ovaries would get where they'd been moved to and they realized that the dosage was still too high so that's where they then moved me onto the tomotherapy machine and they found that that, that was much more effective because it's a much more targeted type of radiation um so yeah i was amazed that they had put so much effort into into doing this because it was really important to me as a young person and um, it really gave me a lot of confidence going in to my radiotherapy sessions just knowing that they'd taken that time to plan and care and I think that kind of that feeling of being taken care of really carried on throughout my treatment you know you, I saw these people every day for five weeks and you really do build a rapport with people and I really felt like you know when they asked me how I was every day they really did actually care and I think that's really really important and you know they just they would speak to me about what I was doing at the weekend or you know just other things and that make you feel like you're you're a normal person you're not just a patient that's coming in for radiotherapy you know you're a normal young person and you know that was really clear by the way they planned my treatment as well is that they were thinking about me as a whole and not just thinking about the short term but how this is going to affect me in the long term as well which i think is kind of the main thing that i think is really important is yeah trying to reduce the the long-term side effects as well i'd say i'd kind of i wish i had known a little bit more about what to expect you know like kate i was given a lot of booklets and information about pelvic radiotherapy but then there was nothing specifically about the type that I was having because it's still quite a new thing that not a lot of hospitals have yet so there was a little bit like oh I'm not sure what to expect and you know when they told me you know you would have a skin reaction in that area I really did not expect the type of skin reaction that I had um, and because it was so targeted you know I was expecting you know a skin reaction kind of everywhere but it was you know in very specific places and it was very very painful and um i kind of wish i'd known if there was something i could have done maybe beforehand to help with that as well um so i think if you know if there's anything like that that patients can do before they come in for radiotherapy to help them um you know the better so uh yeah thank you for sharing i suppose i'm going to go straight to the skin stuff as that's my area that I love talking about and people probably will get bored of me eventually but what was the kind of I suppose you would have your pre-treatment scan prior to radiotherapy so if anyone doesn't know before you have radiation treatment you're scanned in the same position for the treatment what information was given to you then um, maybe by the team itself so not just the oncologist and the nursing staff but the therapeutic radiographers? Um, I specifically remember them saying that I would have to come in half an hour before my treatment every day so that I could empty my bladder 
drink two cups of water because um, the position of your bladder is really important when you have pelvic radiotherapy. So I specifically remember them telling me that. I don't think I remember them saying much else. I remember the first the first time I went in for treatment, a therapeutic radiographer took me into a room and kind of went through exactly what was going to happen. And she was like, I'll take you into the room and show you. And, um, you know, she was really thorough on that day, but it wasn't until I actually got to the first day that that happened. So in that time before, I didn't really know what to expect, I think. Did you have an understanding of what radiotherapy was before you were prescribed it? Not really, no. I think that's really common though, isn't it? I think we all know what chemotherapy is um, and what it potentially might look like, although even that isn't always the case. I had chemotherapy and I didn't look like I had chemotherapy at all. Um, yeah, it's it's really strange that radiotherapy, I think it's something like, is it 40% of patients will have radiotherapy treatment? And so, yeah, I'm not really sure why it's not talked about as much possibly because it isn't something where you might necessarily see the side effects happen to someone it's not so much of a visual visual thing we sometimes say it's because we're down in the bunkers of hospitals which i know sounds really bizarre doesn't it but because of the geography and location of some of the the radiotherapy departments it's not as though you have other healthcare professionals walking past or you have uh, the general public walking past. You might see a sign saying radiotherapy, but there would never be a, an opportunity for you to kind of go in and see a linear accelerator or a tomotherapy unit um, without necessarily having cancer or being with someone who's going through that treatment. So we sometimes say that that in itself can be a bit of a barrier to people knowing about about radiotherapy. Um, Holly, do you think that there's a way that potentially you could have prepared better for radiotherapy in terms of using, I don't know, we, we see lots of patients accessing Instagram now or um, accessing some of the leaflets that Macmillan produce. Did you find that you did that or, or do you still feel that actually limiting yourself and not going on the internet is something that you kind of followed um no I definitely went down the path of like I want to know as much as I possibly can before I start something um and I think that was that was really key because that meant for instance that I went ahead and had that surgery that I did um and yeah I think being clear with patients about what's going to happen is so important you know from the oncologists to the therapeutic radiographers um but yeah i definitely was someone who who wanted to know but like i say because i was then switched to a different machine i didn't really know what to expect because it looks very different it looks like a big mri scanner um so yeah every day i'd have a ct scan where they'd line me up and make sure i was in exactly the right position that's something I found quite difficult actually was staying still for quite a few minutes at a time on a really hard bed <laughs> and you're laying on your back. Um, I found that really, really uncomfortable and really, really difficult. Um, but yeah, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. I suppose talking about kind of obviously the information preparing you, I think a theme that picked up from those lovely uh, images that Virginia drew was around kind of waiting rooms. So being a young person, especially around a pelvic region, having treatment, you know, the waiting room might not always consist of people like you. 
that's always something that we've noticed through themes on the podcast as well haven't we joe that that's feedback that you get yeah absolutely um i did find going for radiotherapy pretty isolating the kind of people i would see were men who were probably i don't know 40 50 years my senior um you know you get a lot of looks from people like what what, what are they doing here um yeah it can be quite an isolating experience i think i saw maybe two other young people at that time in the whole of the sort of five weeks that i was there and that neither of them were very chatty at all they didn't really want to speak um so yeah um i think that that was one of the reasons i wanted to get involved with radiation reveal you know like kate and mia was being able to speak to other young people who had been through you know different but also very similar experiences as well do you find that kind of experience of maybe that isolation or lonely feeling was echoed with everybody else in the radiation reveal project yeah definitely i think i mean mia talked a lot about you know the isolation um with her treatment and yeah a lot of other young people were the same and they didn't really see other young people when they went for their treatment as well so yeah i definitely think that was kind of echoed across everyone how do you think radiation reveal could be used for other researchers looking at investigating other treatment initiatives for young people um what i think was really special about this project is that it really did highlight the power of the patient story and it was just ama- it was amazing to hear that how much of an effect it had on the radio the radio um the researchers many of them talked about how what we had said um uh, how what we'd said they could they could use that for the future and how they wanted they thought that it inspired them to talk to other researchers about the importance of talking to young people about how how important it was i think someone really brilliantly summed it up um that the project kind of brought together the experts on one side and the experts on the other (laughs) i can see lisa nodding um and yeah i think that summed it up brilliantly because oftentimes you know when they're researching they said they quite often think about the science and you know how they can make treatments effective but they they forget that on the other end of this there's a person that's going to be experiencing that treatment um so it was yeah it was amazing to see that how important it was for them to hear from young people and i hope that that will inspire other researchers as well to want to speak to young people and and other patients I am. Um, I completely agree, Holly, and I, and I think it has. I think all of those researchers have spoken to colleagues, and you know, again, continue to talk about the the project. Um, and yeah, I think that, like you say, just hearing from from the three of you and the rest of the group was so so powerful. And and the first time for a few of the researchers, the first time that they had done that. Um, so hopefully they'll they'll continue to to keep listening and keep doing a lot a lot more of that. Um, as a group, 
you all came up with 10 top tips um, that you'd like to share with healthcare professionals. Um, we don't need to go over the full, the full 10 at the moment, but um, and maybe your thoughts have changed since the project, but what, what would be your top tips? What would, you, what would you like healthcare professionals to know or to do? Um, I think mine is definitely the engagement about side effects sort of uh, as early as possible throughout treatment and really clear conversations there because I think um, sometimes I would say to other patients as well it can be quite overwhelming and you don't really want to think about them too much at that time um, but the reality is once treatment finishes they'll be back and you'll start experiencing them so they will be there so I think sometimes it's you know you can understand why those conversations don't get pushed on too early but it is something that will happen so I do think it's important to engage sort of earlier because the most information that will be accessible to you is prior to and during your treatment when you have therapeutic radiographers with you every day um, and seeing your oncologist sort of every week so I think it's really good then to understand that sometimes I think um, from talking with the others in the group, a lot of them felt like they didn't have particularly, um, what's the word, in, in much conversation about the side effects besides the list they were given. Um, and whilst I can understand why and there's constraints on people's time, I really do think it's really beneficial and will help you when treatment finishes um, to understand what could happen and where you can access support um, and how to manage them. And I'd say having that's made a massive difference. So I would say my tip for healthcare professionals and for patients would be um, understanding your side effects when you can. Mm. I think one like biggest top tip is to make sure like the consultant isn't just talking to the parents and that it should be talking to the patient as well. Because for me, like it would be really important that they also I get why they told my parents first but for me waiting and not the unknown really scared me I didn't know what I was going to expect um I think my top tip would probably be um to listen which sounds quite simple but it's really important that young people's concerns are addressed you know whether that's before treatment or during treatment if they're worried about something you know I know as soon as I started experiencing the skin reaction I went straight to a therapeutic radiographer and said look you know I need some help and they got me the help I needed straight away and as soon as it got worse you know they continued to monitor me and make sure I was okay um, so I think it's really important to just keep listening and um yeah, those are, those are the people that, that really stood out to me during my treatment, was the people that, that listened. I just wondered if you could say a bit more about um, about what's been happening for you since the project finished and, you know, if you've kept in touch with anybody and kind of how important that support's been. Because um, I mentioned a couple of the highlights that have happened since the end of March, but I know a fair amount's been going on um, in addition to that so it'd be great to just hear a little bit more about that. Um, Mia do you want to start? So I've met up with one of 
people from the group quite a few times and they also had the same cancer as me and we made this whole Instagram supporting people, especially young people who've had thyroid cancer because you don't really hear about young people having thyroid cancer so and I know me and Holly went to Cancer in Common as well a couple of weeks ago which was a lot of fun and we were able to like interact with others and see a couple of people from the group. I think that's about it really. <laughs> and you also had a big birthday since we, since the project finished Mia, didn't you? Oh yeah, I had my 18th which was a lot of fun. But before that, we before my 18th we went and did like a whole thing with like... God, now I can't remember. At the, con- um, at the conference? Yeah, at the conference, we did like a lot of stuff at the conference and stuff, which was a lot of fun. And you had a little, we had a tour of the labs that day, didn't we, as well? What did you think of that? I really enjoyed it. It was like really interesting to see like how like medicine is kind of made, in a way. Um, and yeah, I'm really glad that you mentioned your, your Instagram account and support group that you and Nicole have set up because I think that's absolutely brilliant um, and I think you know, you'll know continue to kind of raise awareness and be that source of support for other young people so it's absolutely fantastic. Um, thanks Mia. Kate? Yeah, so Holly and I have met up. Actually Holly and I are both at the same hospital so we've never crossed paths, but so at my last MRI scan that I had, Holly came and met me and we went to like Mama's afterwards. So yeah, it's been very nice. I say, so I've definitely got new friends out of it, um, which has been fantastic. And hopefully we'll see each other again since we're at the same hospital. So yeah, definitely very happy with that. Thanks, Kate. Holly? Yeah, like Mia and Kate, some really amazing friendships have come out of it. I mean, I know I, I talk to both Mia and Kate on WhatsApp quite a lot. Um, and there's another girl that I'm really, really close with as well, um, who I've met up with lots of times. We've had sleepovers, um, you know, everything. So um, there's definitely that side of it, um, which is brilliant. And um, I think also for me, it's it's really inspired me to want to talk to other healthcare professionals. Um, afterwards, I was like, oh this is something I really want to do and so I've got involved with my local cancer alliance and I've given talks to other healthcare professionals I'm actually um, giving a talk in person next Tuesday at a cancer event Um, so I'm hoping my story will kind of inspire change on the inside as well Um, so that's something that's um, really amazing and I probably wouldn't have done it without having done this project first so thank you to Lisa and the project really you did appear on bbc as well didn't you holly you can't forget that one (laughs) there was that one as well (laughs) yeah cheeky little bbc breakfast appearance on the morning of my surgery it was pre-recorded just so you know but uh yeah i've been on i was on bbc breakfast and i was on um bbc radio one newsbeat as well uh so yeah had lots of lots of media appearances as well which again probably wouldn't have happened without the project just before we go to lisa for her top tips can i just ask do you think radiation reveal has improved your 
knowledge of your own cancer, but also of radiation. Because one thing I'm acutely aware of, speaking to the three of you today, is that your knowledge of radiation, the equipment, your side effects is amazing. And I know that having engagement with patients quite a lot through RadChat, that isn't always necessarily the case. Um, And actually some patients will actively not want to find out more about their cancer or learn everything there is to learn about the treatments that they've had. If I go to you, Mia, first, do you think that being involved in Radiation Reveal has improved your overall knowledge? A hundred percent. I mean, a couple of months ago, I had a call with one of the researchers about them developing new, like a different type of radioactive iodine treatment where you don't have to actually stay in hospital or you do, but for like short periods of time and stuff. And I thought that was like really interesting to know, so... Yeah. Amazing. And still working with researchers after the project. How fascinating. Kate? It's definitely um, improved my knowledge about radiation. I mean, the, the presentations and the stuff that we got to see, talking about the way that it targets tumours and everything like that, 100%. Um, I would say for my specific cancer, didn't come into it. However, there was one research I remember in her presentation. It was under a list of bullet points, I think at UCLH, when they briefly touched on the fact they got a new PVT centre that they treat chordoma. So I would have liked to have spent more time asking her about it, to be honest. But um, I think that's just not enough time. So much to cover. Thank you. Holly? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, a lot of people really wouldn't want to know lots about their treatment. But I think we we were all really quite nerdy about it and we all really loved learning about it. Um, I know that was certainly me when I was going through it. I just wanted to know everything I could. I think it I think it can actually be quite empowering and, and gives you kind of a sense of control back when, you know, you don't really have control over what's happening. Um but yeah, I certainly loved learning about it. And, you know, I, I didn't know what radioactive iodine was before. I'd never even heard of it. I didn't know what proton beam therapy was either. So, yeah, it was it was really amazing to hear about all the different types of radiotherapy as well. So Lisa, can you give us a few of your top tips or highlights? Oh, gosh, highlights. Um, yeah, there were many highlights. Um, I mean, I think now the listeners having heard from Holly and Kate and Mia will have a much more of an insight into just how great a project um this was to work on and you know just what a privilege um I felt to to hear everyone's stories and to have everybody speak so openly and honestly um you know and, and that includes the researchers as well and to kind of bring everyone together and have those conversations. Um so yeah it was it was absolutely brilliant. Um you know, I'm I'm a massive champion of, of kind of patient involvement in research. I think patients have to be involved in research right across the board. Um, researchers should be listening to them and they have to have those conversations in order to make research as good as it can be and to ultimately improve patient care. Um, you know, I just think that it's it's so, so important. And I think that it's 
it's not always an easy thing to do and you have to create the right conditions where people do feel like they can share and like they feel valued um you know and and there's all sorts of other things involved in that um but i think that it it is it's so important and and it's been great to see you know in recent years that it is it is seen as an important thing in research now um and it's something that a lot of people you know are considering and i think that will hopefully only continue and kind of grow in, in momentum and importance um but i think the overall thing for me is that you know i think that we especially need to listen to young people to teenagers to young adults you know i I was 33 when I had my own cancer diagnosis and I didn't go through half of what these guys did and I can't imagine having gone through that any younger um, and I just think they're they're all amazing and, and they're, they're, it's so important that we do listen to teenagers and young adults um, and we don't just talk to the parents like Mia said um, and we make sure that the peer support is on offer and the right support is on offer um, and I think someone you know said I can't remember who it was I'm really sorry but someone said something in the project that will always stick with me and that is that you know we are young people first and patients second and I'll never forget that I think it's so important and it was Holly so yeah I'll never I'll never forget that and I think it's um yeah I think everyone should should know that and what are you up to now Lisa since the project um, so so yeah, um, I I worked as on Radiation Reveal as a freelancer, um, but I enjoyed the project so much that I really wanted to stay working in this area. Um, I've done a little bit of it of this kind of work in the past of patient and public involvement and engagement, but um, the group really inspired and motivated me to want to do more of this work so um, I was lucky enough to get a job um, at King's College London um, I work in the public engagement team in the Centre for Medical Engineering um, and yeah I, I, I'm doing lots of great PPI work but also continuing to support CRUK Radnet funded researchers um, to, to do more of radiation reveal type of work and um, to speak to more patients um, you know we're, we're looking to recruit um, some patients Kate who've had proton beam therapy for for another project um, you know and I, I just want to do as much as I can now to to continue that kind of work so um, and it doesn't always feel like work it's it's great it's really interesting and it's amazing the people that you get to meet Oh, thank you. I think even from the first episode we did with you, it still shows how much you champion just putting people first. I think it's been great to see you at the start, during and then kind of afterwards now as well. Your enthusiasm, everything's been lovely. I think to all of you, thank you for sharing your stories. It's an invaluable experience to understand, as you said, you're the experts on the patient side of things. But I suppose the patient care element, that's why we love what we do. That's why oncology is so person-centred compared to some other professions i'm being biased obviously but um still it's yeah thank you so much for sharing like it, hopefully it will be really valuable to people listening so thank you for listening this has been round chat your host today have been myself jay mcmara and nominal jolka anderson a huge thank you like a huge thank you to Lisa, Mia, Kate and Holly for sharing their stories. If you're utilising this podcast for CPD purposes, consider the reflective questions posted along with links to resources and literature we've discussed. To receive your accredited CPD certificate, please complete the Google form linked. As this is part of an evaluation special edition podcast, we would also appreciate you completing the evaluation linked to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and take care. Thanks for listening.
Thanks, everyone. Thank you.